Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. We're doing a series called Push, and it's um, Pray Until Something Happens. And today I'm going to talk about prayer can change your life, but I want to pray before we start. So will you reach out your hand? I can use extra prayers this morning. Father, I pray that the word that goes forth will be your word, God, not my emotions, not my will. I lay myself aside where Holy Spirit, your anointing would flow through me. And Father, I pray that, now put your hands on your heart, God, that we will receive your word today, that it'll change our hearts and change our minds. We thank you for what you're gonna do this morning in your name. I'm gonna have you stand up for a minute with your Bibles. Okay, say, this is my Bible. It's the Word of God. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind. Today I'll take another step towards God's perfect will. I'm becoming like Jesus. I'm energized by the Holy Spirit. I have the desired discipline and determination to be all God has called me to be. All right, now you can Bible hit the person next to you, okay, and sit down. If I was gonna tell you that you could sit at the feet of Jesus today for 15 minutes, and talk to him about anything that you want to talk about, and ask him for anything that you want to ask him for, do you know what you would ask him for? I'm really sad because I know a lot of people would have to super think about what they're going to ask the Lord for. And prayer is our time when we go before the Lord and we can talk to him about what we need to change in our life and what we need. Luke 11 tells us that the disciples came to Jesus and they had this request. Lord, teach us how to pray. They didn't ask him to show them how to do a miracle. They didn't ask him to show them how to teach other people. They were with him for three and a half years, but they saw the power in prayer. He would, Jesus would often wander off and pray, and they realized that prayer is a life support with God, our Heavenly Father. Prayer is the key in our Christian life. There's a lot of misconceptions about prayer. Some people think that it's like a genie where we just ask God for whatever we want. Some people think that it's like a magic wand and you wave it and poof, you get what you want. Some people think that prayer is like a fire extinguisher and when you're in that danger zone, then you call upon God. And some people think that God will answer some prayers, maybe even prayers for other people, but not their own. Some people wait until they've tried everything and then they finally pray. And some people just say prayer's so boring. And so I hope that when you leave today, prayer will be more a part of your life. If prayer feels like it's a duty for you, then you're missing the point of prayer. So let me talk about the purpose of prayer. Number one, prayers for dedication. Say dedication. It's an opportunity to express our devotion to God. It's an opportunity for us to say, Lord, I know that I can't handle this, but that you're gonna take care of it. 
John 15, 5 says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's an unbelievable promise we have in the word of God about prayer. He is the vine, we are the branches. If you break a branch off of a vine, it will wither and die. You can't make it in your Christian walk without prayer. I watched a TV documentary recently and they were talking about these gold coins that they were recovering in, North, in the North Atlantic. And they literally had this, um, I'm trying to think of what they called it, like a diving bell. And they had a hose that was 800 feet long and the divers would go down, you know, 800 feet. And the only thing that kept them safe and connected to the ship above was that hose. In the same way, when we pray, we are connected to our Heavenly Father. It's our support system. It's literally our spiritual air. Number two, Pastor John talked about this a week ago. He talked about how prayers communication, say communication. Oh, that was really weak. Come on, you can do better. I saw you walking in with your coffee. Prayer is communication. Better, thank you. I need group participation. You can't have a healthy relationship if you don't have good communication. You know, the number one problem in relationships is always communication. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything I've learned from my father, I've made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose and appointed you so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. He says that the reason we can pray is because we're friends. He wants a relationship with you. You don't have to know the key man in the world because you have the creator who holds the key. Do you really realize how much your heavenly father cares for you and loves you? Prayer is an act of dedication. Prayer is an act of communication. Number three, prayer is an act of supplication. Say supplication. Oh, that was good, such a good job. Supplication means request. In Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, this is the part we forget about. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It says that the result of asking and going to the Lord in prayer is peace of mind. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you want peace of mind? We all want peace of mind. Prayer is God's method of meeting your needs. There's some things that God has promised to do, but he'll only do them if we ask him for it. You know, when you read the New Testament, it talks about how the believers were just amazing. They had miracles every day. They were charismatic. They were energetic, they were joyful, they were contagiously excited about life. And if you would have asked them, how's it going? They'd say, great, God did this miracle and this miracle took place. Why is it that we don't have that excitement today? I think it's because we don't have that prayer life today. We don't rely on him for miracles. What are you lacking in your life right now simply because you've never asked God for it? Everybody got quiet. Psalms 145.15 says he'll fulfill the desires of those who reverence for him. Psalms 37.4 says delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 84.11 says no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He's a giving, loving father. 
Luke 11, 11 through 13 says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? If he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? At Grandma's house, when my grandkids come, in my freezer, I have a drawer. And the drawer on the bottom is filled with Twix ice cream bars, my favorite. Snickers ice cream bars, pretty awesome. Klondike bars with um, mint flavor ice cream, because my grandkids, a couple of them, like mint ice cream. And then cookies. I bake cookies, and I put them in a baggie, and I freeze them. So when my grandkids come to my house and they ask for dessert, they can go pick what they want out of that drawer in my freezer. I'm not going to give them a rock. I'm not going to give them broccoli. I'm going to sugar high them and send them home to mom and dad. I'm grandma. And if they ask me for another one, if mom and dad aren't around and they don't know the difference, I'll say, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially if they're not spending the night with me. How much more does our heavenly father love us? He wants what's best for us. He wants to take care of us. And number four, prayer is an act of cooperation. Say cooperation. This is the most exciting thing about prayer, and I think we miss it often. He wants us to pray for people around us. He wants us to pray for things because the word of God is the will of God for your life. Do you pray the word of God over your life? And we're gonna talk about that at the end. 1 John 5.14 says, this is the assurance we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we now that we have what we have asked of him. When you pray, you can make the impossible possible in your life. Listen, people may fight with you, they may not agree with you, they may not be nice to you, they may argue with you, they may reject you, but they're totally defenseless when you pray for them. I'm deeply grieved, I hope I don't step on toes, I'm deeply grieved that people are fighting over COVID, being vaccinated, not being vaccinated. I've heard people say so many horrible, hateful, hateful, terrible, terrible things because this is what I think and if you're not on my team, you're, you're really messed up and shame on you. Well, shame on them. Listen, my friends, you might not agree with the people around you and that's fine. I am not asking you to change an opinion. Hear my heart, please hear my heart. Learn to disagree agreeably. Learn to respect people, let them have their opinion, and love them even if you disagree with them, but we are called to love them. There is something really evil and terrible since COVID hit the world, where people walk in fear and frustration and hate and anger, and it just spreads, and it's demonic. And we have the capacity to move in love and change that. So I speak over all of you on social media, whatever you're doing. If somebody says something, even if everything in you wants to punch them, lights out, as my little um, five-year-old Drayson would say, just walk away, take the high road, say something nice, and learn to disagree agreeably. I pray over all of us that we'll be a praying church 
A praying church is a holy church, which Pastor Jenny talked about so eloquently about three weeks ago. It's a committed church. A praying church makes you sensitive to the heart of God and to other people. It's an enthusiastic church when we pray. Churches that pray will see miracles and people get excited when they see God move. We need to continue to see miracles in our church. We need to continue that where we go in the world and when we're outside, we pray for people and we see miracles happen. People are healed. Relationships are restored. Some of you need a miracle in your finances, in your health, in a relationship, in your marriage, in your job. A growing praying church is a church where God can move with his authority and his power. God acts according to prayer. A praying church is a happy church. A praying church is a loving church. When you pray, you get answers and your joy is full and there's nothing more fulfilling than seeing answers to prayers. You get excited, it's contagious. I speak over all of us that we will pray more deeply and more faithfully and that we'll see revival and lives will be changed and we'll learn to disagree agreeably, okay? Just one more illustration. I took a psychology class. I have a psychology and a religion Bible major. And years ago, I took a psychology class. And uh, I guess the Lord wants me to tell you this for a reason. And when I walked in the class, the professor said, what color are your eyes? Brown eyes, you sit over there. What color are your eyes? Blue eyes, you sit over there. What color are your eyes? Green eyes, you sit over there. And she literally separated us out. And for about two weeks, three classes a week, six classes, Brown eyes, and she'd ask a question, and she addressed the group, brown eyes. Green eyes, you can't talk today. Blue eyes, and we were separated by eyes. I don't like the green eyes. Green eyes aren't a good eye. And she just did this, and I thought, what is wrong with her? But the interesting thing, here's the point. The interesting thing is when we separated into groups, and when she caused this dissension, all of a sudden I thought, well, what's wrong with those green eyes? I've never thought about it before. Maybe there's something wrong with people that have green eyes. How bizarre is that? Here's my point, my precious friends. When you group and disagree, you become blind. Don't let the enemy do that to you. There's five conditions for answered prayer. Number one, you have to have an honest relationship with God. It says in John 15, seven, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. That's a beautiful promise. God says if we fill our minds with the Bible, with his word, and if we're obedient to him, then he'll, um, he'll answer our prayers. We need to be honest with him. Sometimes I think God doesn't know what I think. There are days when I get up and I'm just kind of ticked off that Bob's not around and I go walking and I think, well, this really stinks because I want Bob to be here. And then I have to go before the Lord and say, God, you are God and I'm so happy Bob's up in heaven dancing. He never danced here, but I'm sure he's dancing and playing golf and having a great time, baseball, who knows. And God, you are still God and I'm so grateful that today's a new day and that you have a new course for me. Be honest in your relationship with God. You have, to, you have to ask, is there something that you've done wrong and you haven't admitted? You have to ask him, am I ignoring any of God's principles? Is there something that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing? And then the third thing you have to ask is, do I really want God's will for my life? Because sometimes we want God to take control of certain areas of our life, but not other areas of our life. 
Are you being honest with God? Number two, you must have a forgiving attitude towards other people. I'm gonna read the scripture and then show you an illustration while they're bringing up my illustration. Mark 11, 24 through 25 says, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it and it'll be yours, thank you. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you in your sins. Over and over in scripture, when Jesus talks about prayer, he talks about forgiveness, over and over. Why? Because there's nothing that's gonna destroy your prayers faster than if you are walking with unforgiveness. So I really, really love brownies, so I thought this morning I would just mix up some brownies for you. And here's the deal, we walk around and we think everything's just great and hunky-dory. I don't know if that's really a word, but I just made it a word. And so I have a brownie mix. I mean, you can smell this brownie mix. The ones in the front row, you guys, can you smell my brownie mix? Pretty awesome. Can smell that chocolate. And so with the brownie mix, you throw in your brownie mix, an egg, hopefully not eggshell with the egg. Maybe there's just a little eggshell in there. And then you throw in your oil. Oh man, can I smell that? Oh, so good. Ugh, just the best. Okay, and I'm not spilling on the carpet, so Pastor John can relax. It's okay. And uh, this recipe says to put in a little bit of water. Yep. Okay. All right, and then you mix it, right? Favorite part, mixing it. And it says that you stir it till it kind of smooths. You can see I'm stirring it. Don't want to spill it on the new carpet. Don't want to upset Chris and Pastor John. So you stir it up, and then while you're stirring it up, you kind of need to stick a finger in there, and oh yeah, it's so good, oh, the best. Brownie mix, and so here's the deal, making brownies, we all like brownies, looks good, delicious, but bottom, life in our, bottom line in our life, sometimes it looks, our life looks really good, but when we have anger, or bitterness, or a grudge, Our resentment, not looking so good anymore, is it? Not stirring quite as well. And so the bottom line is, I mean, I can cover this up. And when I'm done, I just love how you can do things so incredibly quickly. I bake my brownies and ta-da, brownie. Looks delicious, right? M&M's, mm, the best. How many of you want to eat this brownie? Because you don't know how I mixed it. I have no takers. Look, here's the bottom line. You're walking around and you look great and you look fine. If you have unforgiveness, you're not fine. It's really polluting your life. You need to clean it up. And some of you don't know why God's not answering your prayers, and it's because you're walking in unforgiveness. We need to get rid of it. Hebrews 12, 15 says, watch out that no bitterness take root among you, for as it springs up among you, it causes deep trouble, hurting many in their spiritual lives. It's a poison. Number three, you must be willing to share the results. If you expect God to bless your life, you need to be willing to bless other people's lives by sharing with them what God has done. Too often we pray for things and when things, our prayers are answered, we don't say anything to anybody. 
You've all been faithfully praying for Drayson. I have a video I want to show you. He got to come home yesterday. Dray, are you free? Yeah. What do you think? I feel better now. You feel better now? Do you want to go home? I always take some medicine. Yep, you took some medicine. Now you're ready to go home? I'm very cold right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That was the first time he had been outside for about almost three weeks, and he said, I'm very cold, but he said, I took my medicine. You know, when he was in the hospital, it was really like being in prison. But we want to share the results and rejoice for what God's done. Why you pray is more important than what you pray for. Number four, you must believe that God will answer your prayers. Do you believe that God's going to answer your prayers? You don't want to doubt when you pray. It says in James 1, 5 through 7, if any of you lacks wisdom, Ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Verse 6, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, and that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded. It says in Mark 9, 29, that we pray according to our faith, and it will be done unto us. What are you expecting for God to do in your life? It says in Hebrews 11:6 that without faith, it's impossible to, to please God. Faith. Faith means I believe God will do it. Not believing God can do it, not believing God might do it, but believing God will do it. It's thanking God even before it comes into fruition. I honestly believe, you guys, if God answered some of your prayers, you'd have a heart attack. Maybe that's why he doesn't answer your prayer. We often see so little in our lives because we expect so little. And number five, pray in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. It says in John 16, 24, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you'll receive it and your joy will be complete. What's so special about Jesus' name? He's the bridge. Jesus came and he died for you. He died for me. He's the bridge between God and us. He says in scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except through, no one comes to my Father except through me. We need to pray to the Father through the Son. Have you been overlooking any of these conditions? Are you holding a grudge? Are you refusing to admit that there's something in your life that's not in line with the word of God? Have you prayed but never expected God to answer? Are you unwilling to share what God's doing with other people because you're afraid of what they'll think? Are you praying in Jesus' name? And I wanna uh, teach you how I pray. This is just really quickly. If you want any of these notes, my email is sherry, S-H-E-R-R-Y, at thecause.cc, catcat.cc. This is what I pray for for myself. Lord, I pray that you'll open my ears to what your spirit is saying, ears that hear and eyes that see. The Lord has made them both, Proverbs 20, 12. Open my eyes that I might see in wisdom and revelation that I'll know you better, Ephesians 1, 17. And that I may see wonderful things in your words, Psalms 119, 18. Set a guard over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips, Psalms 141, 3. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight because you are my rock and redeemer, Psalms 19:14. Train my hands for war and my fingers for battle, Psalms 144:1. 1. 
Whatever my hands find to do, help me to do it with all my might. Ecclesiastes 9.10. Direct my steps according to your word. Psalms 119.133. Teach me to number my days that I may gain a heart of wisdom. Psalms 90.12. Recently, I've been praying this over my thinking. Father, I ask the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to my mind, and I pray that your peace will flood my very being. I break off the spirit of confusion, distraction, depression, frustration. I loose the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 11, 2. I speak John 14, 26 through 27, that you are my counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, that you'll teach me all things and you'll remind me of everything that he said to me. Peace he leaves with me. His peace is given to me, not as the world gives, I will not let my heart be troubled and I will not be afraid. I will um, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalms 37, seven. And then this is Psalms 41 through four. I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my heartfelt cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. He puts a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord and I'm blessed because I trust in him. How to pray for um, your spouse, for your wife. Father, my wife Sherry is a wise woman who builds her house, Proverbs 14.1. Thank you that my wife will be a wife of noble character. She's worth far more than rubies. She will bring me good, not harm. She sets about her work vigorously, and I'm speaking out of Proverbs 31, 10 through 31. I pray you'll establish the work of her hands first, Psalms 90, 17. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. Knit our hearts together, O Lord, to stand against the schemes of the enemy that assault our marriage, for a cord of three, stands is not, three strands is not broken, Ecclesiastes 4, 12. May my wife's heart always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely future hope for her, and her hope will not be cut off, Proverbs 23, 17 through 18. Lord, you're my wife's light and her salvation. Whom shall she fear? The Lord is the stronghold of her life. Whom shall she be afraid? And that's Psalms 27, one through three. How I would pray for Bob. Blessed is my husband who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. His delight is in the law of the Lord on his law and he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season. His leaves do not wither, Psalms one, one through three. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon my husband. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He'll delight in the fear of the Lord, Isaiah 11, two through three. I pray, Lord, that the favor of the Lord our God will rest upon him, establish the work of his hands for him, establish what he does, Psalms 90, 17. I pray that my husband will prosper in all things and be in health just as his soul prospers, 3 John, one, two. I keep asking that the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, will give my husband the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and that he'll know you more intimately and deeply, Ephesians 1.17. I pray you'll instruct him and teach him in the way he should go. Counsel and watch over him. Your unfailing love surrounds him, Psalms 32, verse 8 and 10. Lord, give him wisdom, and from his mouth let knowledge and understanding pour forth, Proverbs 2.6. And finally, for your kids. I pray that as a parent, I won't exasperate my children, but instead I'll bring them up in training and instruction. Ephesians 6, 4. May you guard their heart, for it's the wellspring of their life. Proverbs 4, 23. I pray my children will rise up and be mighty in the land. Psalms uh, 1, 1. May my children apply their hearts to instruction and their ears to the words of knowledge. 
Proverbs 23, 12. Give my children ears that will hear the voice of the Holy Spirit today and let them have ears that hear and eyes that see. Proverbs 20, 21. I pray my children will always love and respect their heavenly father as well as their earthly father. I pray, Lord, you'll turn the hearts of their fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Malachi 4, 6. May my husband always remain tender and sensitive to the jewels that you've placed in our care. And just as Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men, let it be so for my children, Luke 2:52. And I thank you, God, that my children will be known by their actions, that their conduct will be pure and right, Proverbs 20:11. Listen, my friends, you can take any scripture and pray it over your mate, somebody in a relationship, pray it over your finances, pray it over work, there's so much power when you pray the Word of God, and sometimes your heart is not where the Word of God is, but it will put your heart and your mind in accord with where the will of God is. You have that capacity, you have that choice to do that if you're willing to make that change today. The enemy hates it when we pray the Word of God, hates it. He hates it when we sing praises about our Heavenly Father, and that's where your power comes from. We can't do it on our own. So I speak over all of you in the name of Jesus that you will join me and we will be a powerful, mighty, unshakable, immovable praying church, that our faith will be contagious, that we will be a beacon of hope to those around us, and that we will see revival and change in the lives of those around us, amen? Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that your word is so practical and relevant, and our heart, Lord, is that we'll take it and that we'll learn today and apply it in our life. Thank you that you teach us how to pray more effectively. I pray that we'll be more sensitive and we'll know your will with more clarity and sincerity. We're asking God that you're gonna do things that only you can do. We're calling upon you because there's things that seem insurmountable and out of control for us sometimes. God, there's things that feel unmanageable and we thank you that you are the one that can come in and make a difference, that today's the day we'll make the choice and we'll see the change. Lord, let us focus on who you are. Let us rely on your greatness, your power, your promises. God, you're loving, you're great, you're powerful, unchangeable, you're good, you're protective, you're our rock, you're our redeemer, you're our source, you're the king of kings, our Lord of lords. There's nothing too hard for you. And I pray, God, that when we walk out of here today, we'll be refreshed, that our hearts are gonna be transformed, that our minds will be renewed, that we'll have bold confidence in who we are through you and your word. I thank you, God, that even today and in the days to come, we're gonna see miracles happen. I thank you, God, that you give us the desires of our heart and that you go above and beyond our expectations. So, Father, thank you that you're changing our lives and all of God's precious people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc, or call 714-255-0930.